Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, called, The Lord Disciplines Those He Loves. I remember some years ago, I've told the story before, that we were in our front yard and we were fellowshipping with some friends at the church, leaning against a car, just shooting the breeze on a Sunday afternoon. My three boys and their children were, I live on kind of a, a decline and uh, it goes down a pretty good grade. And so the kids were coming, going up to the neighbor's mailbox and they were getting on skateboards and scooters and they were coming down the hill. And as they came, they were going right past us where we were talking and then they would veer off into the grass and crash into the grass as kids will do. You know, they're stopping themselves with their sneakers and you know, burning rubber and all that stuff. And uh, they're having a great time. Well, my middle boy was just learning to ride a bicycle, and he decided, I'm going to step up today with all the other kids around, no training wheels for me, right? So they went up to the next mailbox, and down came Nathan, my middle boy, on a bike. Well, as he came through on the bike, all the kids were screaming, and and it seemed like they were just having good fun, but we heard this scream that did not sound like a joyful scream. It was a... And... He had one of those moments where he had forgotten how to stop the bike. And just everything just kind of went blank on him. And the steering wheels were doing this, and he was shooting down our hill. And he didn't know how to stop. So all of a sudden, Pastor Michael, sensing the moment. How many of you have seen the $6 million man? This dates us. But all of a sudden, and there went Pastor Michael, right? I'm chasing this boy after he's gone, and he's picking up speed as he goes down the hill. Handlebars say, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And my heart's going boom, 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 right? He had this little tank top on, and as I'm going, I'm realizing this bike is quickly moving away from me. And he was headed down to the next neighbor's uh, driveway, and there was a mailbox and some treacherous stuff in there. And so it was the moment of truth. And Pastor Michael reached out. I grabbed the edge of the tank top and ripped him off the bike. And he was going like a yo-yo like this. And I think I got some of the skin on his back and everything. And he boom, 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 and grabbed him. The bike crashed into the mailbox, and, you know, and he was in my arms. And so then I realized, being the age that I am, how many things I had injured as I ran after him. Heel, knee, hip, and I went up the the hill like this. Right? Because when you have that adrenaline pumping, you don't realize, no, all bets are off. My singular focus was that boy. Right? And making sure he didn't crash and blow up his head or whatever. That was pretty picturesque language, wasn't it? Sorry. If you are without discipline, verse 8, which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. See, the good news is if God does this to you, it means he loves you. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? The NIV says, how much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Contrasting God the Father, uh, the Father of our souls with our human fathers, the father, fathers of our flesh. Discipline. 
It happens because God loves us. Fathers, Ephesians 6.4, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The whole term discipline, from a big picture standpoint, has the idea of not only a correction and preventative stuff, but it also has the idea of education, training, the cultivation of the soul. Discipline your son, Proverbs 19.18 says, while there is hope. Uh, and do not desire his death. Proverbs 23:12 says apply your heart to discipline and your ears to words of knowledge. It's so important that we understand why God does this and here's the reason. Ultimately, verse 10, for they, human fathers, disciplined us for a short time while they had us under their roof, if you will, as seemed best to us to them, but he, God, disciplines us for our good that we may and I, and I want you to underline this or highlight it, that we may share His holiness. Come just as you are, but God will not leave you that way. As you grow, God wants you to grow and be sanctified and grow in holiness. You remember Paul said something in 2 Corinthians twelve seven. Just listen to it. He says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself... 2 Corinthians 12.7, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, listen, to keep me from exalting myself. That was preventative discipline. Paul was going around the Roman world preaching the gospel and God gave him a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble and Paul ends up rejoicing. He says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness, God said to Paul. Most gladly said Paul, therefore I will rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Paul knew why God did it. It was to keep him humble. Because he had had so many incredible revelations written two-thirds of the New Testament epistles. All discipline for the moment, verse 11, final verse, seems not to be joyful. Sometimes our parents have said as they approached us, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And the kid says, yeah, right. But it's true. There have been many times when we've entered into tough situations and, man, it was the last thing that we wanted to do. But we knew that our child needed it. And we knew that it would be the best thing for them to grow. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful. It's not pleasant. It's sorrowful. Yet to those who have, final verse, focusing on it, been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. NIV says this, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. The New English Bible says, but in the end, it yields for those who have been trained by it the peaceful harvest of an honest life. Why does God discipline us? To make us more like Jesus. Do You know, Hebrews 2.10 says that the author of our salvation was perfected through suffering. God, in some sense, even did this in Jesus' life. And he perfected him in this way. Final passage, and we're done. Revelation 3. Please turn there. Revelation 3. Last book of your Bible, Revelation chapter 3. Look at verse uh, 15. Now, the Lord of the churches is going through and giving his 
commendations and the things that need to be corrected in the churches. And he addresses a church called Laodicea in verse 14. The head of the church is telling the church what they need to correct and what they've been doing well. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, Revelation 3.14, write. Now Jesus is speaking to John, and he's telling John what to write. And he says, the Amen, Revelation 3.14, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now I want you to understand something. In this region, quickly, where uh, this particular church of Laodicea is located, there were two main water sources. One was called the Hot Springs of Heropolis. The other was the cold flowing waters of Colossae. There were kind of a triad of cities in this region of the world. When Jesus says, I wish that you were cold or hot, he's not saying, I wish that you were either on fire, like the uh, springs, the warm springs of Heropolis, or I wish if you weren't on fire, you were just cold, like an unbeliever. That's not what he's saying. Heropolis was the hot springs, the medicinal hot springs there, where you go in like a bubbling jacuzzi and make your body feel better. And the cold springs were from Colossae that came down like a refreshing drink. He's not saying cold is bad. He's saying, I wish that you were hot, uh, either like the hot springs medicinal or cold, refreshing like the cold waters of Colossae. This is where geography really helps understand the concept. I wish that you were cold, refreshing, or hot, but you're neither one. You're actually lukewarm. And look at what Jesus says. Have you ever drank something like lukewarm milk or something you thought was either going to be really hot or really cold and it was like a lukewarm soda? Is there anything worse than a lukewarm soda? What do you want to do? Kind of swish it around a little bit and then, you know, you don't want to just get rid of it. Because you say, now they think that their condition is cool. I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. Yet you do not know, Jesus speaking to the church, that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold. See that word in verse 18? What's that word? Refined by fire. I think Jesus is saying, I would counsel you to ask me to take you through a little refinement. How many of you have sang the song Refiner's Fire in the church before? My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I don't know if you realize what you're singing there. Because you're saying, God, I want you to refine me in your fire. And when you're in the fire, man, it, it can be tough. And so, notice that you may become rich, white garments that you may clothe yourself, uh, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Final few verses. Those whom I love, Revelation 3.19, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. And he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne, incredible, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation 3.20, though used by many evangelists, is not necessarily a passage about evangelism. 
It is a passage written to a church where God, Jesus here says, I love you and therefore I'm going to discipline you. And here's the picture painted by uh, Holman, the famous picture of Jesus standing outside the door and knocking. Guess where he's knocking? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station, an opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. That you may become rich, white garments that you may clothe yourself, uh, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Final few verses. Those whom I love, Revelation 3.19, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, and I will dine with him, and he with me. And he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne, incredible, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation 3.20, though used by many evangelists, is not necessarily a passage about evangelism. It is a passage written to a church where God, Jesus here says, I love you and therefore I'm going to discipline you. And here's the picture painted by uh, Holman, the famous picture of Jesus standing outside the door and knocking. Guess where he's knocking? He's knocking at the door of his church, but more specifically at the door of our hearts. And he says, if you will open the door... 20, I will come in, the word dine there speaks of a long, uh, relaxed meal of fellowship. I will dine with him and he with me. The issue here in Revelation 3 is the issue of closeness. God already says he loves this church. He disciplines them because he loves them. And he's saying, in essence, reopen the door again to my lordship to our fellowship. I want to be close to you again. I want to fellowship with you again. I'm knocking. Would you open the door? Some of you may be here today. Maybe uh, you're a Christian, but God seems very distant from you. There's no close fellowship. And the solution 
is to repent, which means to turn around, to turn from that sin, and to open the door again to renewed fellowship with God. See, when you go into the refiner's fire, it's the famous story of the, uh, the, the silversmith, and when he puts the vessel into the fire, he keeps scraping away the dross, scraping away the dross, scraping away the dross, and, and the question is asked of him, when do you know the vessel is done? And he says, when I can see my own reflection in it. That's what God does. And there are times when we are lukewarm and something comes into our life. God gets our attention. Sometimes it's our child saying something to us. Sometimes it's a circumstance and situation. And God, in essence, is saying, I want to have intimate fellowship with you again. I'm knocking at your door. Do you hear me? And I think this is kind of the way it works. He knocks and we don't answer. And so then he knocks a little bit louder and we don't answer. And then he knocks a little bit louder and he begins to ring the bell. And we don't answer. And then there's some, sometimes when it gets a little bit stronger and stronger, I love to listen to John Corson and he said, he used the image of uh, a rubber band. He said, you know, you're in, you're in Christ, you're inside the rubber band, but there's times when we just we pull away from God. And so we'll pull away, and if we pull away just a little bit, but come back, the, the, the reverberation is just a little... But the more, the farther we get away, and we don't listen to that knock, the more of a whip it becomes. <laughs> and we pull, and we pull, and God's there saying, come back, child, and we pull, and whack! And we, what? Right? And God says, I love you. Free will only goes so far, brothers and sisters. Just ask Jonah when you get to heaven. The solution is always the same. It's to come back. It's to get into intimate fellowship. And I'll tell you what, honestly, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Honestly, some of us could say we go through this process almost every day. (laughs) There are times when... It seems like there's a portion of the day I'm close, I'm on fire, and then there's a portion of the day when I'm down low again, and there's a portion of the day when I'm real sensitive to God, and there's a portion of the day when He's knocking and I'm nobody, the lights are on, but nobody's home, and all that stuff. But remember, God does what He does because He loves you. So let's keep, let's stay close to our Father. Because we're in good hands with Him. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, today can be your day to come to know Him. If you're a Christian, but you feel like your ears have become a little bit dull, remember in the book of Revelation, as each exhortation ends, it's, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Father, help those who are here today. All of us are in a struggle against sin. All of us. No one is exempt from it. Each one of us sometimes feel like we're losing. Sometimes we feel like we've gained ground. But we're in a journey. But the good news is we have a Father who's on our side. He loves us enough to discipline us that we might grow in holiness. And so I pray, Father, that whatever circumstance we find ourselves in in life, we will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've done it for our good. And even when situations happen because of evil, and they do, you will work it together for good to those who love you. 
You've been listening to The Lord Disciplines Those He Loves, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Hey, just to let you know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Our hope is to broadcast this program on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Our ministry has grown a lot over the years, and it's thanks to our church and our listeners that have become our financial partners. Our producer, Rob Newton, went to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California recently to update the congregation on the state of walk in truth. He talked about where we are, what's new, where we'd like to go, and how you can help. If you'd like to listen to Rob Newton and Pastor Michael's short presentation, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's also on walkintruth.com. We've entitled it The State of Walk in Truth. And again, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, here's the bottom line on God disciplines the ones that he loves. If you have felt that God is disciplining you, then you can know you're loved. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's true. You know, if you've ever had to, you know, give your, your child a little spanking, And of course, you want to do it appropriately. It should be rare, but you know, you gave them a little discipline and they cried and you said, this is because I love you. It's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And they're like, yeah, right. (laughs) Well, I want you to translate that now to God and you. God doesn't rejoice in disciplining, but he does it because he loves us and he wants us to be better. And that's why you would hold your child accountable. In fact, If a child has no discipline, they really become an embarrassment to their parents. Let's face it. Children who are undisciplined end up embarrassing us. And it's not about our embarrassment because it's really not about us. But the truth is, if we don't hold some strong boundaries, um, it's going to show. And God is not that way. God wants the best for us, so he will give us the boundary for our protection and for our own good. And so... Let's say that you have felt like you've been disciplined. Let's say that you've been in a situation where you've sensed the heavy hand of God on your life. David did in Psalm 32. After he sinned with Bathsheba, God was pressing on him as if to say, David, this is not you. You're a man after God's own heart. What are you doing? And David, it would appear, well, he he tried to ignore it for a year. Ooh, is that you? Have you been trying to hide your sin for a year or more? Oh, no one's ever going to find out. Well, God knows what you're doing. And remember, God sent Nathan the prophet to confront David. Sometimes God's confrontation of us comes through a radio message, a preacher who's prophesying the word of God. And all of a sudden we go, "Uh uh-oh, rut-row, that's me. Well, remember, if, if you're sensing God's discipline, it's because God loved David and and while God did not remove all consequences from David, God did restore him. And Psalm 51 is a beautiful uh, picture of David's repentance and God's restoration. You may want to read that this week. Um, what I would say to you is, you know, if you're in that situation, read through Psalm 51, repent before the Lord, Psalm 51. 
and he'll be gracious to you because that is our God. Now, we've been telling you about this new opportunity in Hawaii, Oahu, Hawaii. And maybe you're asking, well, why expand to Hawaii? Why should we do that? Well, because the people of Hawaii need God's truth, just like everyone else does. And we're here broadcasting in Southern California and so privileged to do so. And if this program wasn't backed by partners and by the church fellowship where I serve as senior pastor, well, it wouldn't be on. I mean, let's just face it. It wouldn't be silent. There'd be another program filling the gap, but we wouldn't be here. And you know what? We want to be in as many places as the Lord would open a door. So what do we need to do? Well, we need about 125 Walk in Truth partners to just commit to 20 bucks a month. Hey, if you go to a fast food restaurant by yourself, you go order a sandwich at lunchtime, you're spending 15 or 20 bucks. Could you maybe say one time a month, I won't do that and I'll support Walk in Truth? If this program has been a blessing to you, isn't it time that maybe you become a partner to help other people experience the blessing in Hawaii and other places. That's all we're asking. You may say, well, Pastor Michael, yes, I'm ready. How do I do it? Go to walkintruth.com and the website will walk you through. There's going to be a big um, banner there with the Hawaii need and how you can help meet that. Go to walkintruth.com. Hey, give today if you can. It would make such a huge difference and we'd be encouraged and We really want to walk through this door. Walkintruth.com. God bless you. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 12, verses 12 through 17, called Getting Back on Track. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.